Today we're going to begin a series of four sermons on, in the month of September. Um, and the sermon theme or title of the series, I'm calling it Spiritual Audiology. Spiritual Audiology. I want to pay attention this month to how we do as individuals in our marriages and in our families and as a church. How do we do our listening to God so that we know that we are being attentive to him and so that we know when he's speaking how to respond? And so I'd like to start the series with a number of questions um, and just kind of let them roll around in your head. Have you ever wondered whether God really, really does speak to people today? Have you ever wondered why other people seem to hear things from God, but maybe you don't? Have you ever wondered if God really had anything to say to you? That he certainly has more important things than to talk to you. And if God did speak to you, have you ever wondered whether you'd know whether it was for sure it was from him? As a church family, what if God has something he wants to say to Cornerstone? How would we know? And how would we respond? And when you run into somebody who says God told them to do something that you know God didn't tell them to do, how do you respond and address that? Same question, just a little bit different picture. What might it be like if you could clearly hear God's voice guiding you in your day-to-day life? How might your life be different? What might it be like if you heard God speak clearly into the relationships in your life? Both the ones that are going wonderfully and the ones that are broken. What would it be like to hear God's voice to you about the things that cause you most pain, the toughest things in your life. What would it be like if you could hear God speak to you in those things? And we talked about it before um, in, in a previous sermon. But what would it be like if you really knew your unique holy calling from God, why God gave you the experiences he gave you, why he gave you the, the family he gave you, why God created you? What might it be like if you knew what God's dreams were for you? So, um, turn, um, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, and I want to um, read the, the text for this morning's sermon because it's a text about spirit, spiritual audiology. It's also going to be on the screen here, so let me read it to you. Luke chapter 8, starting with verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When Jesus said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. It's a phrase that we find often in Jesus speaking in the gospel. Jesus frequently says, If you have ears to hear, listen 
Listen carefully. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. Again, Jesus continuing to speak. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. And this is the the theme verse for the sermon today and for our series. Jesus says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever, Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken from them. But look back there at the beginning of verse 18. Therefore, Consider very carefully how you listen. This month, I want Cornerstone Church, I want each of us individually to be considering carefully how we listen to the word of God and the voice of God. So um, let's, I want to look at the parable from the perspective of the seed, from the perspective of the soils, and from the perspective of the sower. Um, the seed, no mystery about what the seed is, because Jesus just plain, plain out says, the seed is the word of God. Now, no mystery about what it is, but the next question is, then what is the word of God, right? And as evangelicals, if you've grown up in an evangelical, a, a, a church family that believed that God still speaks, you're prone to think that the word of God is the Bible, But remember when Jesus preached this, we didn't have the New Testament yet. So he wasn't referring to our written New Testament, at least. Now, we listen to his teaching. We know from listening to Jesus' teachings that he considered that the Old Testament scriptures were the word of God. But here's what I want to encourage you with. Don't reduce the voice of God to only when you're reading the Bible. Because it's very easy to slip into thinking, if this is, if the word of God is reduced to this, then God can't speak into your life today and tomorrow and through this week. Now, we have this incredible gift of the Bible. What we have here is the template of how God speaks. So that we know because we have the written word of God, we know that God, because we know his character, will never ever say anything contrary to the written word. 
So we have this as a gift and a foundation. But I want to challenge you to start to try the, to hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God in your life day by day. It will always be in harmony with the Bible. But it will happen when you're not just reading the Bible. You'll be walking along. You'll be, you'll be in a meeting. And you will sense something urging you to have a spiritual conversation. Or something urging you to pray for someone. Or something urging you to greet someone. And I want you to pay careful attention to how you listen. We're used to thinking that God speaks through the word. Moses, remember, he was used to thinking God's going to always have this thunderous big voice. There's going to be a storm, there's going to be an earthquake, and he's going to hear God's voice there. And what he found out is that God spoke in a still, small voice. I want you to pay careful attention to how you listen so you can start to hear the still, small voices of God's promptings in your life. All right, that's the, um, the seed. Let's talk about the soils. One of the things that we find when we read this parable, Jesus tells us two of the purposes of the word of God in our lives, okay? One of the purposes of the word of God is to save us. So in verse 12, the seed is sown on the path, but Satan takes it away and people are not able to be saved. One of the purposes of the word of God is to save us, that we might believe and be saved. And the sad thing is, the, the, soil, the seed that fell on the rocks and the seed that fell on the path never got to the point of salvation. But there's a second thing that, that Jesus tells the word, word of God is supposed to do in our lives, and that is this. The Word of God is supposed to mature us. And so what happens among those who are planted among the thorns is the thorns grow up as the seeds grow up, and the seeds are choked out and they do not mature. In contrast to that, the seed that falls on the good soil that that represents those with good and noble hearts, that seed matures and multiplies a crop far beyond what it was able to produce. All right? Um, But let's look at each of the soils. And here's a, a general rule of thumb. When you're reading the parables of Jesus... Jesus almost always, always, always invites you to enter into the parable and say, where am I? So when you hear the parable of the soils, Jesus invites you to enter there and ask yourself, which of these soils do I identify with? So the first soil was what I call the soil of the well-worn path. This is the word of God has spoken, but it is the pathway and it's hard and it never takes root. And these people, even though, because by the way, all four of these groups of people heard the word of God. But are you one of those people that while you've heard it, it has never taken root so that you've never believed and have never been saved? If that's where you are, Jesus would invite you to recognize that's where you are and to do something about it by paying attention to what he says. Here's the tragedy awaiting those who never believe and are saved. Those who never believe and are saved are are destined to live a life never knowing God's dreams and purposes for them. Never knowing the joy that God wants to pour into them and through them. That's the tragedy of those who are the people of the well-worn path. If that's the path you're on, I want to encourage you to step off of that path 
and step to another path where you start to listen and hear the love that Jesus has for you, that he has died for you, that you might be forgiven, that you might live a more glorious life. So those are the people of the well-worn path. Perhaps that's not you. Perhaps you are a person of the hardened rocks. Maybe there was a time when you heard the word of God or the voice of God and you actually really rejoiced. But you didn't stay with it. When your life got busy, when things got hectic, when testing came, you fell away. So that you've tasted and seen that there's something glorious about hearing the voice of God and living by the word of God. And, and you love that once, but it's now stagnated. If you are a person of the rocky soil, then Jesus invites you to reconnect with the voice of God, to reconnect with the word of God so that you might indeed be saved. The third group of people in the parable are the people that I call um, the people of choked up thorns. The weeds are growing and the planting of God are growing and the weeds overshadow the planting of God in your life. And, And Jesus has a very perceptive phrase. He says these people are choked with life's worries, riches, and pleasures. If that describes you, you are saved, but we can't tell by looking at your life. You believe in God, but you live like an agnostic. If that describes where you have been, here's the the word of Jesus for you today. You don't have to choke anymore. You don't have to choke anymore. Because there's a way to step away from the, the things of the world that are choking you, the pleasures and riches and worries of the world. There's a way to step out of that and to renew a trust and commitment to Jesus to free you so that you don't have to choke, but instead you can be filled with true pleasures at God's right hand. You can start to know true riches that come from walking as Jesus walked in our world. There are some of you, and I suspect many of you, who are in the fourth category. You are a person with a good and noble heart. Here's what I want to say to you. You are people who have heard the voice of God, heard the word of God, and you've committed to live your life. You've not just heard it, but you've retained it, and you have persevered in it so that there is a growing harvest of righteousness that's coming out of your life. And, And that describes many of you here, and I want you to know this. Your Father in heaven is incredibly proud of you, that you stand for Jesus no matter what. When persecutions come, you still stand for Jesus, no matter what. And what's going to come out of your life as you continue on that pathway is there is going to be an increasingly greater spiritual harvest through your life. It might be through your relationships. It might be, it might be in your own soul as you become a more godly person, more filled with the fruit of the Spirit. It might be through your relationships. It might be through your family, through your friendships. But for those of you who are people of the good soil, You're going to get to heaven, and a number of things are going to happen. First, you're going to hear Jesus look you in the eye, and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then secondly, as if that's not enough, there are going to be scores of people around you who are going to say, the only reason I got to know the life of Jesus was because you lived the life that you lived. If you are a person with a good and noble heart, 
Jesus is proud of you. So one of the questions we have to ask when we read this parable is, where are you in the parable? Where are you? And here's what determines where you are in that parable. Everything about your spiritual destiny is determined by your spiritual listening. Everything about your spiritual destiny is determined by your spiritual listening. If you are this casual, flippant listener, God speaks and it just flies over your head and you don't even connect with it, that will shape your destiny one way. But if you are a person who is constantly listening for the voice of God, your destiny will be dramatically different. And my desire is that as Cornerstone has done for the last decade, that we will have a multiplied greater and greater spiritual harvest because we have learned how to listen and be devoted to the voice of God. So a couple years ago, I did a word study. Hadn't done it before. I don't know why. I um, just got, um, got the uh, concordance and did it electronically. And I typed in the word listen, and I typed in the word hear. And I was astounded. Almost 10 pages of printed out scriptures of God saying, listen to me, hear, O Israel. My people, please listen to my voice. Why won't you listen to me? Time and time and time again, through the history of his people, God is crying out and saying, please listen to me. And, and when he, he cries out and says, listen to me, he regularly says, here are the blessings that you will receive if you will listen. And then he says, here are the, the pains that you will experience if you refuse to listen. So I would encourage you, do that word study. If you don't want to do the word study, email me this week and I'll send you. And like I said, it's nine pages of printed out scriptures. And if you read through all those scriptures, I think you will be convicted as I was that I have got to pay more careful attention to how I listen. Um, Let's talk about what that means. How do we pay more careful attention? Just some practical ideas. First of all, We've got to put ourselves in environments where the word of God is heard, where the voice of God is attended to. This is why we show up for worship on Sunday mornings. So often people say to me, you know, I can worship God in my living room. Why do I have to go to church? There are so many reasons why. But one of them is it creates a weekly rhythm in your life where you attend to the voice of God, where you hear the word of God. And you know what? I can talk with somebody in their 40s for five minutes and know pretty certainly whether they have made a regular habit of Sunday worship and hearing the voice of God in that rhythm. So one of the first things we've got to do is we've got to put ourselves into environments where we hear the voice of God, which means that get into a small group. Sunday is great, but you know, a small group, you're going to talk about the word of God. You're going to try to figure out how does it apply. You're going to figure out when it's not working and when it is working. So as we get geared up in this fall, get into a small group so that you are are hearing the word on Sunday, but midweek, you're also still listening carefully to the voice of God. And then I thirdly want to encourage you, um, worship on Sundays, get a small group. I want to encourage every one of you, find one person or two people in your life who can serve as your personal prayer partners. This, this spiritual journey that we're on it has such incredible glories, but this is not something you're supposed to do by yourself. 
I have decided for the rest of my life, I will have people who know everything about me that I can possibly think of to share with them. So that when I'm not strong, they'll be strong for me. So that when they're not strong, I'll be strong for them. Because this is too hard a, a journey to do just by yourself. If you're married, then I hope your spouse is one of those people. But I think that you ought to have, guys ought to have another guy in their lives. Women ought to have another woman in their lives. And this is where we talk about when we feel like we're dulling our spiritual listening. These are the people that we go to and say, I just feel cold spiritually. Can you pray with me? Can you talk with me? So the first thing, we have to place ourselves in environments where the voice of God is heard. Secondly, we got to do more than just listen, though, don't we? Because those of good and noble heart, they heard the word of God, but everybody else did too. But they retained the word of God and they persevered in it so that there could be a spiritual harvest. So we've got to do more than just hear. And I've mentioned to you guys before um, the Reveal Spiritual Life Survey done over the last few years by Willow Creek Church. This is the most comprehensive, well-designed spiritual life survey that we've ever done in the history of the church. Ever, ever, ever. You know the number one catalytic behavior that you can engage in that will help you grow spiritually? The number one, and this, this was interesting, in this survey, it didn't matter where you were on the spiritual journey. It didn't matter whether you were young or whether you were mature. The number one catalytic um, discipline that you can develop in your life to grow more like Jesus Christ is reflect on Scripture. You know, the Bible, I've told you this before, the Bible doesn't say read the Bible every day. The Bible does say, reflect on the things of God. Reflect on the acts of God. Think about the things that God has said. Every day, morning and evening, the scriptures encourage us to daily reflect on the truths of God and the kinds of things that God wants to do in our world and in our lives. The number one most catalytic spiritual discipline you can develop is to reflect on scripture. And as we pay more careful attention to how we listen, we're going to have to wrestle with some other personal demons. Here's one of the things we're going to have to wrestle with. We're going to have to wrestle with why we talk so much and listen so little. This is going to have implications in our, in our human relationships, and it's going to have implications in our relationship with God. There's a proverb, I don't even know, you know, Persian or something proverb, that says, he who opens his mouth to speak closes his ears to listen. Most of us probably have to learn to be slower to speak and quicker to listen in our human relationships. And when it comes to God, most of us have to learn to listen to God more than we talk to God. There's a spiritual life writer by the name of Howard Macy, and he says this, he says, to approach God with a constant stream of words is not prayer, it's a filibuster. To approach God with a constant stream of words isn't prayer, it's a filibuster. If we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk at God, then we'll never hear what God has to say to us. Most of us have to learn that once we've said our prayers, it's now time to take as much time to listen to God speak to us. All right, so I want to give you some practical suggestions here. And, um, and one of the things that you're going to learn about me, I'm going to throw stuff at you for sermons and say, hey, go out and do this. Here's the, here's the secret. You don't have to do anything I say, right? <laughs> here's why I give, it, give you practical ideas. I give you practical ideas so you will actually have a chance to 
to do some of these things. If you don't need to do them, blow them off, okay? But I hope that they're going to be helpful for most of you. So first practical idea. Would you get a spiritual journal? Or I don't care if you, if you speak it into your phone or something. Get a way to record your spiritual thoughts with God. Now, there are some people who say that the only way you're going to grow in Jesus is you got to journal for the rest of your life. That's not me. What I found is I cycle into journaling and out of it. When I sense God, I'm, I'm trying to figure something else, or I sense God saying, pay more attention, then I, I write in my journal. And then that cycles off and drops off for a while. I used to feel guilty about that. I don't feel guilty anymore. I journal when I'm supposed to journal. Here's why I'd like you to get a journal for this month. I would like you to devote time to listening to how you listen to God. And one of the best ways to do that is write down what your impressions are. So number one, would you go out this week or figure out a way to put on your phone to have a spiritual journal? And then the first thing I'd like you to record or write into your journal is simply a prayer where you say, Jesus, I'm starting a new year. New things are going on. I don't want to miss paying attention to your voice. And just write that prayer and say, Jesus, will you help me to listen to you speak through this month? Then I'd like to ask you to try to write in your journal just three times a week for the month of September. Do more than that if you want, but if you do, then you're way above the learning curve. All right? Just write two, maybe three times a week. And just write what you're sensing from the Lord. And what we're going to do at the end of the month is I'm going to encourage you to read over the last four weeks of your journaling and see what you notice about how you're listening to the Lord. I have a suspicion that if we do this, we're going to learn some pretty cool things together about how we can listen better to the Lord. Then I'd like to ask you to bring your journal each week to Sunday um, worship. You're going to turn them in, I'm going to read them, I'm going to know all your deepest, darkest secrets. I don't want to know all your secrets. All right, here's why I bring it. I'm not reading your journals, okay? Um, Bring your journals because one of the ways that you can pay careful attention to how you're listening is take notes on sermons. And just write down, I mean, hopefully you're not going to write down your grocery shopping list, okay, the exams that you have this week. Just write down what you are impressed by God with in the sermon. And um, then when you get together with your prayer partner or your small group that you're going to try to weave into your life, that's where you can say, I'm not, I'm not succeeding, or I am succeeding, or give me some other ideas. Okay, that's the, par- the, the, um, the seed, the soils. Let me kind of give a final thought on the sower in the parable. We're kind of primed to think that the sower of the seed is Jesus, right? And that makes sense that, um, that we would, would, would assume that that is the case. But I want to encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to see yourself as a sower of the seed, the word of God that you have been placed where you've been placed, in the school where you are, in the workplace where you are, in the neighborhood where you are, in the grocery store that you attend, that you go to, you have been placed there by God to sow the seed of the word of God. And there are some things that you will never grow deep in until you start talking to others about Jesus, until you start having spiritual conversations. But here's what I really want you to see. When I look at the parable, you you, you see what the ratio is between seeds, seed sown, and Christ's followers grown? It's four to one. When I look at that, my thought is, we've got to do a whole lot more sowing of seeds 
if we're going to get enough people on our watch in our generation who are going to be like Jesus to transform our city and our culture. So when I look at this parable, I think I've got to do way, 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 way more sowing of conversations about Jesus. And as Christ followers, could you look at it the same way? And could you tell Jesus that you are willing to become his voice to start spiritual conversations every place where he's placed you? So that if that ratio stays four to one, we got to have those conversations so that there are enough of us on our generation in our watch to transform our city and our culture. All right, got to close this thing. Um, let's throw the, um, the... Oh, I didn't even know that was up there. Here's um, A.W. Tozer was a spiritual writer. He wrote a book called The Pursuit of God. I want to read this quote to you, and then I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to encourage you just to pray this back to Jesus. A.W. Tozer writes, Lord, teach me to listen. The times are noisy, and my ears are weary with a thousand raucous sounds which continuously assault them. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he said to you, Speak, for your servant hears. Let me hear you speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of your voice so that its tones may be familiar when the sounds of the earth die away and the only sound will be the music of your speaking voice. Would you now pray that prayer to the Lord?